Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show this evening. Yes, we've got Super Rugby. Uh, well, we haven't quite got Super Rugby action. Super Rugby action is about to kick off. Um, we've got Six Nations action. and We've got a whole host of little news items that I think we should cover off on um, as well. And you know what? We might talk about cards because they may have had some influence on the games at the weekend. Joining me to uh, go through all of that is uh, regular um, well, co-host Stephen Harris. How are you doing, sir? Very good. Thank you, Paul. And uh, good evening to all the uh, listeners and watchers there tuning into the TDM. And it's always a privilege and a pleasure to be on the show. Hopefully we might get uh, uh, Shane join us this evening. Um, some of those images coming through look like he was stuck on the moon. <laughs> yeah, hopefully Shane can join us. Um, unfortunately, yeah, his connection um, wasn't great. So hopefully we'll, we will have him joining us. Now, folks, Super Rugby kicks off this coming weekend with Super Rugby AU. Uh, they have uh, two games on Friday night, I think it is. Um, is it Friday night or Saturday night? I've gone blank now. Um, two games on Friday night, I'm pretty sure. Um, the uh, But we'll go through those games. What that does mean, though, is that New Zealand Sport Radio is going to start cranking up its Super Rugby coverage um, because uh, we will be looking at adding in a preview show on Thursday evenings or preview the games that are coming up over the weekend. Um a review show of all the games on a Sunday evening, just like we did last season with those two, um, as well as having the um, uh, as well as having the uh, driving more show here on a Tuesday evening every week. To, uh, our chat show where it's about all the hot topics um, in rugby. Also, um, we'll be looking at, at uh, doing something we used to do a few seasons back, which was doing post-game reactions. Um, so jumping on straight after the final whistle for a chat for like 15, 20 minutes, well, sometimes for an hour or two, depending on how long we felt like talking um, as well. So we won't be doing those for every single game, folks, but we will try and uh, we'll start putting them in for some of the games and we'll see how we go um, scheduling with everybody's availability um, during the season. And uh, good evening, Simon Hughes, as always, keeping us um, up to, uh, uh, sort of, well, keeps it in, in line with our facts there. And yes, the Super Rugby AU matches are on Friday. Um, going to be a going to be a big big Friday night, isn't it, Paul? That first game kicks off at uh, nine forty-five from Suncorp Stadium. The Reds 
versus uh, the, uh, well, a team that we've been sort of touting a wee bit, the Reds, uh, taking on the team that could struggle, the Waratahs. And, of course, if you've got enough energy in the tank that's here in Aotearoa, you can stay up until 5 to 12 for the kickoff between the Western Force and the Brumbies. But, obviously, those are local times. Australia would probably be a little bit earlier, I would say. Well, two hours earlier, to be precise, if you're on the East Coast. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes. So, um, yeah, post-match reactions to those ones at 2 o'clock in the morning could be a bit tough. Um, hence why we're not necessarily going to be doing all of them, folks. Um, also, um, COVID permitting this weekend, I'm hoping to get to the, uh, um, oh, I've gone blank, uh, the jet sprint racing um, just south of Auckland in uh, behind the drag speedway there at um, Murray Murray? Murray Murray, yeah. Murray Murray, thank you. Murray Murray, that's right. Um, so, um, so that's what I'm, uh, so yeah, so, yeah, a, a, a two o'clock finish and then getting up early to get over there for the jet sprints for a long day. And then on Sunday, trying to get to the women's one day game in Hamilton um, could all be a bit much for me. So, but uh, hey, we, we will do our best, won't we, Stephen? We will. Um, so let's kick off with some news, actually, before we get into the big, hefty topics. Um, in in my 10, then, uh, a couple of news to, uh, items. Brett Cameron has signed for Manawatu Turbos, moving up from uh, Canterbury. Um, obviously, in Canterbury, he's, well, I'm quite sure who he, he, he wasn't first choice all the time, even when um, uh, Richard Mwanga wasn't available. So, um, a good move for Brett or uh, the end of his, or, or, the, or the declining of, of what was a promising career? Oh, listen, listen Paul, I think this is a, a shift as, as virtually as good as a, a break, as they say. And uh, I think it's a great pickup for the Manawa 2 Turbos. They're obviously looking around. Uh, post uh, Aotearoa Black, you know, you, you probably they struggled a little bit without Aotearoa Black in uh, 2020. And of course, for Brett Cameron, I think this is a good change for him. He's lived in the shadow of some very, very good first fives that have uh, turned out for, for Canterbury over the years. And uh, I suppose the writing was on the wall when there were times that he was uh, he was behind even Fergus Burke, the uh, New Zealand under 20. Uh, first five at Canterbury, and I don't think it really gave him a real, a, a real opportunity to uh, develop his game because he's a good footballer. He first came to attention, good grief, uh, back around about 216, 217 at the national under 19 tournament, and he looked a really promising player back then. But that's five years on, hasn't really uh, kicked on, shall we say? But we're talking about a guy who is a former All Black or has played for the All Blacks at least on that, uh, that. That uh, what the All Black two split teams that went up to uh, to Tokyo a, a few years ago, uh, uh, Paul. So I think it's I think it's a great opportunity for him to go and a cement his place in the Manawatu Turbos and more importantly develop the game and and basically own it. So it'll be interesting to see how he, how he plays out. Of course, the downside is he's joining a Manawatu team that that did struggle in uh, 2020. But uh, just looking at their squad across the paper looks reasonably, reasonably strong if they can keep some of their, uh, uh, shall I say, key players on on board. And I'm talking about uh, players like Nehemiah Muscutter and, of course, Nani Lamalpi is very good. And, of course, Jamie Booth is huge for them. But they have got a very good um, forward pack uh, uh, built around guys like the, the boy JT Howden, who looked really good, the blindside flanker from Manawatu. And they're a plucky side. Only one way for them to go. Uh, Peter Russell and uh, the Manawatu Turbos, and that's up, Paul. 
Yeah, absolutely. They do need to. Um, they, they, they are a team that has struggled over the last few seasons. Look, they've had a very decent back line um, at times. When you're talking about, as as, um, uh, as as you say, I've gone just gone blank as the uh, the, the number nine. You said they, they had. I've gone uh, Jay, Jay Booth, Jim Booth. Jim Booth. You had Lamappy. Um, then you had one of the Highlanders, um, I think Thompson, um, was there, wasn't he, as an outside centre? You had Nate on the Scudder. You had a, a really strong back line, but um, they weren't. They just weren't really um, getting it. Uh, get, get, I guess get, getting the ball uh, and getting the results that they needed down there. I mean, I've been, I've, I've been, I've been to Manawatu, um, to Manawatu to, to game once um, for, to go see the older bracket heads. I do have my own green bucket for that for, that I got got for that day. Um, so yeah, I do wish them well. Uh, yeah, you say anyways up for them. Um, that was supposed to be a short news item. I'm going to be keep moving you through these, otherwise we'll be uh, we'll spend the whole whole evening talking about. Um, Japanese rugby union has uh, drug tested all players and all new players after a uh, player got some uh, caught doing I think it was cannabis last year, which caused that team to pull out of the entire season um, and uh, zero. Uh, positive tests so far. Um, I did uh, semi-jokingly put on Facebook um, that, uh, hey, how much, how many days warning did they give the give the players to clean up? Um, but <laughs> um, you got to say, yeah, that's uh, it's 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 very strict over there the way they do that. So um, that's a, it's yeah, if you get if you can head over to Japan, uh, no recreational drugs, never mind um, performance enhancing drugs for that one. Um, and then one that's. Uh, the uh, Gallagher Premiership have announced there'd be no relegation last year. Initially, it looked like they were going to try and push for it, and BT was going to push back and say no, the uh, TV rights person people, because they think the jeopardy of relegation is important. Um, but uh, look, the RFU has now announced that it won't be, so it looks like uh, the uh, Gallagher Premiership have got their way. Um, but it's not a permanent thing. It is a one. It is just for one year initially, uh, which means there'll be 13 teams next season, so one team will get promoted. Obviously, Everyone is expecting that to be Saracens, um, but um, it'll be uh, interesting to see uh, if um, uh, Ealing Trailfinders can upset things there. Um, it would be amusing if they got promo- if, if they got themselves into the promotion position. Uh, and uh, yeah, Saracens, even with thirteen teams, then then were excluded. Paul, Paul, that'll be a, a relief to the two teams that are down the bottom at the moment: Gloucester and uh, Worcester, not uh, travelling. Uh, the greatest at the moment, but a much improved effort from uh, from Leicester this year, although they are still sitting in ninth place. And, of course, Bristol, uh, uh, you know, it's still looking the team to beat, but Exeter, I, I still think they're the, te- they're the team to beat, especially when they get their, their England players back. Uh, uh, Bristol, I know they probably suffered a couple of injuries as well. I know in the game just played on the weekend where they managed to uh, to uh, get across the, uh, get across the uh, wash. They um, and I'm just looking at that uh, team that they actually beat the weekend. That was, uh, in fact, it was Gloucester that they beat in a one-point game. But they had a, a very what looked like a serious injury to Nathan Hughes uh, during that contest. But they uh, they got the win at the end. A much improved in performance from Gloucester. But yep, uh, Bristol and uh, Exeter leading the way in the uh, Premiership. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's new uh, territory for Exeter Chiefs there with their um, uh, winning the double last season, the Premiership and also the European Champions Cup. The first time they've won the European Champions Cup, only their second Premiership title. So to go in um, as the main, uh, as sort of the, the big dogs is a different mentality for them. Uh, and yeah, they, they've they started well, 
had a bit of a hiccup, uh, but I, I think that's part of the learning process of being that top dog, um, because obviously uh, Saracens have been that uh, in that position for so long uh, that um, yeah, it's, they, they've they've been aspiring rather than um, what's what I'm looking for. Uh, I don't know, rather sort of holding it and knowing it's theirs, uh, which is interesting. So yeah, it's uh, it's good. Um, we'll, um, uh, we'll 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 see how they how they cope with that extra that different mentality uh, that they require, which is good to see. Um, the uh, yeah, realistically, you're right, Simon. That that, that only um, Saracens and trail finders are realistic um, people who can go up and stay up. Um, we've seen teams um, yo-yo um, quite a lot. So to Ealing, me, was, sorry, I've got to say, Ealing Trail Finders. Wow, I'll have to Google them, Paul. Oh, they've uh, they've um, got themselves some. They're, they're a, a, a again another London-based team, and has got some rich backers uh, and uh, have um, uh, been yeah buying buying players in. Uh, particularly, some American internationals have been through there recently, which is kind of interesting. So, um, so yeah, so our, our American. Um, watchers might might actually know more about the team, more about that team than uh, than most other people in the world. Uh, interestingly enough, um, any other news items before we move on to the uh, the Super Rugby? No, not all. It's it, it's just a shame. It's just a shame um, watching the Premiership. But obviously, uh, still still no crowds as as we'll cover off in the uh, in the uh, in the um, Six Nations uh, uh, Championship yet. That, that big one, which I almost went off the tip of my mind. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably just the, the disappointing, just not having uh, having crowds, but it is what it is. Yep, it is what it is. Um, and, and, uh, and yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But it's been interesting seeing the different, I guess, different TV companies doing crowd noises because I found the Island France one to be particularly awful um, at the weekend. But uh, some of the other simulators crowd noises have been pretty good, but that one really jarred. Um, with, the, with the empty seats in the play um, for me. But there you go. So Super Rugby then. Um, we've had a couple of New Zealand warm-ups. Uh, we have the game of three halves uh, down in um, the Upper Hut, which sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? Down in Upper Hut. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, as the Chiefs, Blues and Hurricanes um, played each other. And then the in the South Island, the Hurricanes and Cruz, sort of the Highlanders, sorry, and the... the uh, Crusaders had a game. Interestingly enough, uh, the Highlanders scoring all the points in the first half, and the Crusaders all the points in the second half in that one. So clearly, playing on the south, the um, the side of a mountain. Um, uh, yeah, definite. Uh, definite <laughs> they must have been playing up up the mountain in one half, and then turned around, and Crusaders were playing downhill in the second half. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, just uh, you, you know, regardless of a, a preseason game, very very random, absolutely random. Can only. Can only uh, think that uh, whatever injections or changes were made at, the, at, at halftime obviously suited the Crusaders and uh, vice versa for the uh, first half is the nocturnal rights as Highlanders. First half is all we need to know. Well, I'd hate to put this one on you, nocturnal rights, but uh, we're playing for any points. But hey, you, you take every win, I guess. <laughs> yep, no, absolutely. And uh, it's, it's um, look, these are. Only preseason games. Let's let's be honest. Everybody is um, doing a. Everyone's playing entirely different teams in the, in each half. Uh, that so it's um yeah it, it's not it's nothing. I don't think there's really that much we can read into it ahead of the, uh, the the real games. To be honest with you, even if the Blues 
did lose both their halves. Yeah, I, I, I suppose the only real concern was uh, for the Crusaders uh, uh, another another injuries. I see um, Ollie Ollie Yeager went down with uh, what what looked like a uh, a serious injury. It's also been confirmed that Braden Enoy is pretty much out for the entire uh, <clears throat> Super Super Rugby season. So I'm just wondering, if, does that mean that Rennie Ranger stays uh, with the with the actual squad? Um, no, I think Josh Mackay was um, Enor's full-time re- replacement, injury replacement for the season, um, and that um, Rangers in there for one of the wingers that's injured. Um, uh, Manasa Martielli, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, it, uh, a really unfortunate thing, but Martielli seems to be constantly injured, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think Rangers are there for Martielli, uh, and, and if Martielli doesn't recover, then you'd expect Rangers to stick around, but I think uh, if Martielli recovers, then, uh, then Rangers will be... Um, and, uh, having kicking his heels on the beach somewhere or hunting of, more like and of course very costly for the highlanders as well <clears throat> they uh, also picked up a, uh, a couple of injuries as well i think aiden johnson who's been out anyway with injuries ruled out for the season and uh, i think jerome ainsley or jamie ainsley the boy that came over from the melbourne rebels out for the super rugby season as well paul sorry i'm normally a bit onto it when it comes to uh uh, getting this uh, pre-information, but uh, I'll, ch- I'll check on that as the show goes along. Jerry, you're, you're more onto it than I am because I've missed all of that, uh, all, all, all the injury news, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, yeah, unfortunately, my daughters have, uh, I've been having quick phone calls about um, to, to go and look after my daughters because they're not being well and things. So, um, but hey, we'll catch up on all of that, um, all of that kind of stuff. Moving on then. Um, and let's have a look at the um, at some of the uh, the squads for the teams. Um, now, what we're going to do here is we are going to have a look at the uh, the ages uh, and the caps um, for each of the uh, teams. And just uh, we'll just zoom in on that so that we can uh, see uh, each team. Um, but um, starting off, uh, oh, and um, thank you to uh, I've gone uh, rugby fixation who has provided these stats and allowed me to to use them um, on the show. Sorry, they're a little bit blurry, folks. It's me zooming in. That's my fault, not his. Um, but we look at the Hurricanes then. Um, a, a whole bunch of uh, Super Rugby caps, but not many international caps. Um, you can see sort of certain players like Coles with lots, Sevilla with lots. And there's a whole bunch of zeros in there, isn't there? Um, so quite a lot of players there um, who don't have any international experience. Um, but um, 25, um, averaging nearly 50 Super Rugby caps each. I think that's all 46. That's a, that, that's a much more experienced squad than I think we were expecting or, or that you kind of think of as the the, the, the Hurricanes. And it's also a very settled um, pack as well. Oh, very, very much so, Paul. And um, listen, mate, they have guys who have been around for what probably into their you know guys who have been into their third season. Of course, Dane Coles is the obvious. who sticks out with that 117 caps and 74 international caps. And whilst they're a little bit short on international experience, obviously Artie Savia with his 50 caps also stand stands out. Um, they have got some really really good really good performers that have done well at. Uh, my team cup level, and I'm, I'm looking forward to. So, for example, a pork, a player like um, 
um, Isaiah Walker, Leah, where they're really exploding um, this year. He's only uh, 23 years old. He's had 20, 24, 24 caps, which is, you know, almost equates to a couple of seasons, doesn't it, Paul? So, you know, he's he's absolutely ready to fire. And we know what sort of firepower that they've got in that back line as well. They don't lack for pace and power on the outside. And uh, Ray Assi, you look at his super... Uh, super caps. He's only played six, but hey, expect them to well and truly double double that by the end of the uh, uh, Super Rugby season. I, I think he's set to explode as well. Yeah, not so much as where is Gareth, Gareth Evans. Um, obviously, uh, rugby fixations decide that Gareth Evans doesn't make the starting twenty three, um, the match day twenty three. So that's why he's not there. But yeah, he's still he's still in in there. Um, but yeah, interesting. Yeah, the Super Rugby experience should see them well, uh, and I think. Um, I think the Hurricanes are going to go better than a lot of people expect this season. Um, they say not, not big name sort of signings and things, uh, not making any sort of big waves, but the fact that they've kept that pack together, uh, I think it's going to be going to stand them up well. Um, looking at the Highlanders there now, look at they, they've had a lot of turnover this season, um, as they quite often do. Um, but still, okay, they average nearly 40 caps, Super Rugby caps. But you've got to say 148 of those with Smith, another 100 with Ash Dixon. And then you've got players like Selby Rickett, Amanga Jensen, Paia, uh, who are in single figures um, with um, Super Rugby Caps. It's kind of a bit of a, it's one of these ones where they've got some really experienced players and a lot of real, and, and some really real um, inexperienced players in there as well. Look, not saying that those inexperienced players haven't got a lot of potential, um, but just not the experience. And again, not many players with international experience. Obviously, um, Aaron Smith being the big exception there with 97 caps. But when you've got Liam Squire as your second most experienced international player with 25, uh, yeah, that's uh, this is a it's it's again it typical Highlanders tied, not big names. Yeah, a lot of a lot of experience in, in the forward pack, and uh, we we know that their forward pack it always they always punch above their weights. Obviously, those those uh, two injuries to to Johnson and Ainsley, Jerome Ainsley, um, they will have to. Replace replace those guys, so it'll be interesting to see where they go or how strong their their stocks are. But uh, a good acquisition is having uh, Liam Squire back in the squad. Um, but he probably already adds to what's a pretty useful loose forward trio anyway. Uh, uh, Paul, at, at, when we look through that, when we look through that pack, and. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the Highlanders always have a good, good, good loose, loose, loose forward trio. Um, Nocturnal White's picking it, picking a few um, errors in the uh, match day twenty three. Saying Josh Dixon will start. Yes, you're probably right. Um, uh, Tomkinson is Tom, hasn't Tomkinson gone overseas? I think, uh, which is why I think this might not be in there. Um, so um, yes, there are. Um, sure, they're not the uh, perhaps not the um, perhaps not the exact number, but it gives us a, it gives us a taste, a feel as to what the. Uh, as to what the squad's going to be like. Um, but, um, yeah, look, they always have very good Lucys. Uh, the problem is they're going to have, is that they might have players like Frizzell having to play in the locks um, a bit uh, because of that. I think, there's, there's, I think there's a lack of locks globally at the moment. Um, a, lot of, a lot of sixes will be playing in there. Um, but that's, yeah, that harrying style of play um, is uh, it's going to be there. Sorry, yep, so, okay, so Tomkinson is still there. Thompson, I think, is left then. Uh, which is why I'm getting myself mixed up. I always do with those players. Um, also, um, Paul, I was about to say, um, I'm thinking we're missing uh, Fuleo Fakatava on that list as well, unless I'm totally 
unless I need another set of glasses. But uh, no, but Kane Hamilton was quite often picked ahead of him, so I can understand yeah, why. Yeah, so twenty-three, which is which is really bizarre. I mean, so he had an outstanding Water Ten Cup season mm. twenty twenty for the uh, Magpies. Boy, he looks like he's ready to explode. So, uh, is he going to be the understudy to Aaron Smith? You'd hope so. You definitely hope, hope so. so. Yeah. Um, moving on, then looking at the Blues. Um, so we had the, the what's um, the Highlanders at thirty-eight, uh, the Blues um, with forty-one. So actually slightly slightly higher um, on the uh, Super Rugby Cap side of things. Um, but again, uh, not much international experience in that um, uh, in, in that Blues squad. Uh, uh and um, Patrick Tubalotu, uh, the, uh and uh, Rico Iwani out there with 37. And you think Rico Iwani burst on the scenes only what um, we're talking four years ago now, and he's already up to 37 caps. That's pretty impressive. Um, but um, look, a team that pushed really well last year, I think a team that a lot of, a lot of people are expecting quite a lot from, even if Bowden Barrett isn't available. Yeah, I would have to agree with that, Paul. But you know, you look through those, you look through those numbers. There's some guys in there that have had, you know, the likes of Ofatoa, Fussy, Patrick Tuipulotu, um, of course, Akiri Ioani. You know, these these are guys that have had four, four, four to five seasons with with the Blues. So there is an expectation that they improve on what they did last year. So you, you'd expect with this squad less. The likes of Bowden Barrett, but you know they still bring in a couple of uh, exciting, uh, exciting youngsters, especially in the back line. In the in terms of uh, Zan Sullivan, he'll he'll offer you know I think he'll offer a really good uh, good full fullback uh, option for this blue side, and, and of course we know what Caleb Clark uh, brought to the table at uh, international level. So plenty of power and, and pace out wide. It's really just a case of this blue side stepping up, Paul. If, uh, there's no real uh, changes from uh, from last year's uh, squad. Of course, they uh, Bowden Barrett, like you say, that uh, the, the most obvious one. I mean, so they're quite strong through halfback. There'll be a good battle for that uh, number nine spot. Okay, sorry, folks. We had um, some uh, technical issues with um, there where my computer decided to shut down uh, in the middle of the show, uh, I will just uh, try and find that um, uh, the uh, picture that we were using um, because uh, I think we still have the Crusaders and the uh, the, the Chiefs um, to go through. Um, but uh, Stephen, yeah, I think we were we were talking, or I I kind of left you talking about the Blues, um, but I think we can. Uh, so move on. Oh, this is what I was just saying. Yeah, they've got they've got a lot of depth. Certainly, a lot of there's a lot of Super Rugby experience in this, this blue squad. If you if you look across the off the whole list, you know there's only a really about <clears throat> there's only really from what I can see, maybe one, two, maybe three single digit numbers, in that you know guys who have played under under ten caps in this yep. uh, in this Blues outfit. So yeah. Talent, talent for Africa. Probably a little bit of a concern for the for the coaches is the, the slight little change in in rules. I know the Blues bulked up on 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 props, a lot of lot of quality in terms of the props that they've got. But uh, I think the coaching staff will be a little bit frustrated that uh, um, there are there is now the goal line dropout, so no no opportunity to put pressure 
on in an attacking or defensive situation, Paul. Yeah, a little less on that. Well, yeah, less let, let, let scrums, but we'll get we'll, we'll talk about those after this. Um, moving on then to the Crusaders, and uh, what can we say? Well, um, nearly sixty, a nearly average of sixty. Pardon me, Super Rugby caps in that starting fifteen. Um, Twenty-two international caps. So again, a side stacked with um, uh, experience here uh, in this one. Um, some question marks around uh, some of the selections that uh, that he's made, perhaps in that starting fifteen, putting Habili at twelve um, and um, Franganuku and not uh, not not playing Bridge. Um, but um, yeah, there is say so there's a uh, very settled um, side. A couple of injuries to um, to players, um, but uh, on the whole, um, yeah, Crusaders must go back into this as as favourites, um, looking for a four-peat. Yeah, very much so. That's that's going to be the challenge for for Scott Robertson and his coaching staff is to keep these this team mentally up there. And uh, they they I reckon they play with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Uh, this uh, Crusaders side and. Uh, Listen, they, they, they're stacked, like you say, they're stacked with experience. They've got one heck of a leader in, in Sam Whitelock, 150 super caps, an amazing career. I'm not too sure if he's signed through to 2023, whether he'll quite eclipse the uh, the, the, the big fella who played at uh, Lucy Prop for the um, for the uh, Crusaders. Help me out here, Paul. <laughs> My memory's gone, <laughs> gone blank. Um, the... Um... Sorry, I was, I was just uh, lining up the, the, the law, so missing what you kind of said there. But yeah, so White Lock, yeah, 150 caps, 122 international caps. Um, clearly the, uh, the most experienced guy there. Yeah. Um, but look, I mean, again, we look at that um, that pack here. Moody, Taylor, White Lock, Barrett. Um, we're looking at uh, sort of uh, all blacks all the way through there. I mean, Grace, Christie, Douglas um, with Blackadder off the bench. Uh, Quinn and Strange also off the bench. Look, depth um, and quality. Um, all, all, all the, uh, all the way through there. So, um, um, yeah, look, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful side. It's, it's, uh, and Scott Robinson, uh, someone saying he needs to go overseas to build up his resume. Um, um, I don't know. I think picking up Super Rugby titles every year yeah. looks great for the old CV um, as well. It looks pretty impressive because each year he does he does lose players overseas and, and as you know they lose some quality players but the exciting thing for the Crusaders is is Will Jordan man a, a little a, a little bit like what we were talking about for now Fakatava he's ready to explode so does he take that fullback position off David Harvey or do they play him permanently on the wing but yeah just just so much cover with George Bridge and Sevu Reese and Fire Nuku wow man the firepower and then you've also got Josh McCry McCoy, who obviously their centre cover uh, at at the minute, man, they have got a lot of options. I probably I probably see somebody like Havili playing more in the midfield this year. To be uh, to be brutally honest, uh, Paul, maybe with uh, teaming up with uh, Jack Goodhue. Jack Goodhue might get pushed out to to centre and Havili into second five. Oh, we always see Havili as basically as, as being the um uh, the the, the twenty one jersey. Uh, sorry, or the um. The 22 jersey is the is, is the second fly half, um, yeah. Uh, because yeah, he's played that before when Richard Morong has gone off. Um, so yeah, so he could be yeah again he could be in that used in that role. Um, a player who he's only 26, but 
you, you, you kind of say, scratching your head as to why hasn't he gone overseas and got got the big money? Because, <laughs> because he is he is a class act, and in any other country um, would be um, sort of knocking on 40-odd, 50-odd caps internationally, never mind. Um, but those yeah. four there mean that he can't go overseas and get to and play for anybody else, I guess, which is a... Um, yeah, he's still holding out for that All Blacks for more All Blacks um, recognition, I guess. Yeah, um, one, one, I was about to say one area where they could be vulnerable if they do have injuries. Um, they had the luxury of having Andrew Mackay as a backup hooker to, um, to 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 Cody Taylor last year. Um, now, if Taylor gets injured, I don't see a there's there's not a hooker in there that really really stands out to me. Um, so that could be a concern from them, but uh, I'll tell you what, they've got, they just know how to bring these younger players in, a couple of players that are, that are not uh, on the, um, on this particular list here, Anton Signer, the uh, number seven from Tasman, very, very good, very, very good footballer, one to watch out for, um, Fergus Burke is, as well, we know is a quality first five that kept, uh, Brett Cameron out of the side, and they've brought in a, a young uh, uh, prop as well. Now his, his name escapes me, but uh, he's listed as very, very, very promising. Played for Canterbury last year, so boy, they just they just seem to get the, the recipe right, don't they, Paul? Oh, absolutely, and it's it helps that the, that they apart from Rennie Ranging, all, all, all their players have come through the Crusaders or the Tasman setup. So they've got they've all come sorry the um, Canterbury or Tasman setup all through Crusaders Academy. So they all play. They all know what's expected when they get there. Um, they're not having to teach them that from there. Looking at the Chiefs then, um, and a, Chief, a side that did really well in Super Rugby and then totally underperformed in Super Rugby Aotearoa last year. And it'll be interesting to see how they go and, and basically how they manage to fit all of their players in is, an, is, a, is another part of this as well. Um, looking at the, uh, the 23 that's been selected there, um, look, 50 an average of 50 Super Rugby caps in the starting lineup, um, and uh, uh, quite a few international players there. So international caps spread, sprinkled around, uh, even some on uh, with some on the bench as well. Um, the obvious area of um, uh, that uh, that you would say it could be an issue is that um, uh, what, would, what would you got gone blanks? What you, uh, what you um, the um, is the uh, is the locks and I do have a here we are at the Chiefs event uh, in Pyra and I'm feeling very small because um yeah big boy <laughs> with me uh, Topu Vai um look 12 months ago you'd have been doing pre-season with with your club I guess um and here you are now uh, an All Black um, Taranaki player Chiefs player um, has it all sunk in yet that you when people say hey oh, hi uh, Topu Vai the All Black yeah it's all sunk in now um, slowly getting used to it but um, no I'm just the Pretty much a normal person, myself, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's um, well yourself, but yeah, but also one of the, the best locks in the country. Um, but um, so, how are you enjoying a, a full, proper pre-season at super level now? Um, obviously, with the intensity of of it up from club rugby. Yeah, it's, uh, it was pretty much my first week back with the team. Um, yeah, the training's going um, pretty well at the moment. Uh, the boys are working hard, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited to be a full-time uh, Chiefs player. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And also new uh, new set of coaches as well. I mean, how, how difficult is that when you've had, you've had your, um, your your obviously your club coaches, then you had your, well, before they had your own twenty coaches. 
Uh, obviously, with uh, Clayton coming in this year, you had Gats last year, you obviously up in the, the, the All Blacks. How easy is it switching between all those different uh, coaching teams? I guess it's pretty good. Oh, it's pretty easy as well. Um, you, you know, you got your club coaches that you know, know know this stuff, and then you got the super coaches that know this stuff as well. So I'm just trying to get my head around that, and yeah, slowly learning new things. And I think Clet is doing a good job at the moment um, with the boys. And yeah, cool. Um, now, obviously, yeah, you got yourself, um, Akoi, uh, and now actually the, the the senior locks in the in, <laughs> looking at the locking. You guys at 21 are the head locks with the, the, the two 20 year olds with you. I think um, it's. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty uh, youthful, I mean, lots of promise and potential mm. there, isn't it? Yeah, I guess for the senior locks, we're only 21, but uh, it was good for me. I got to um, get under Sam Wylock's wing and um, Patrick Tibbert as well and just learn off them, and I'm pretty sure I'll come back and you know, share my knowledge of the rest of the locks. So are you the line-out caller, or what's your, what's your or, does, uh, or are you handing that responsibility on to someone else? Yeah, I'll say um, later on the... In the long run, I'll be a line-up caller, but at the moment, I'm just trying to pick up where the boys are at at the moment, so yeah. Cool. Well, uh, good luck, um, and uh, it's really exciting year ahead of you. Yeah. Um, you first, first, first full season as, as fully professional. Um, we're really looking, follow, fo looking forward to following you, and uh, good luck for the season. Yeah, cheers for that. Great. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. So, so there you go. Quick, quick chat with the, with the senior lock for, um, for the Chiefs. Gee, Paul, I thought you might have needed a letter there. He's listed at six, <laughs> six foot six, 118 kgs, and frighteningly 21 years old. But boy, I, I thought he actually sounded really mature for his age, mate. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's um, uh, it, it, he, he obviously has a bit, had a bit of a chuckle there when I mentioned that he, he and Arcoy, um, at 20, uh, both of them at 21 or 20 and 21, were the two senior locks, um, at the Chiefs. Um, and uh, yeah, it's um, that boy, boy, do they need Retallick back <laughs> as soon as possible? Uh, that's obviously not going to happen this year. Um, yeah, that's uh, look, uh, look, I mean, there's lots of experience around the side, but not in that position, um, and also perhaps not in the uh, the 10 jersey either. Trask, um, and Gatland both, I mean, Trask, lots of potential again, but I uh, was playing at 15 last year. But at fifth, a lot at fifteen in the uh, for minor ten as well, um, with the Terry Black playing mainly at um, at ten for Bay of Plenty. Um, so yeah, who is going to be in that ten jersey for the Chiefs? Uh, there, obviously, Trask has got Clayton McMillan, his Bay of Plenty uh, coach, is now the Chiefs coach, so he'll he'll know him. But um, yeah, I think yeah, at Locks and at number ten, the Chiefs have got uh, in it, uh, got potential, but uh, but not proof so far. Yeah, don't don't disagree with that at all. Still, still a strong squad. Yeah, they got that mm. obvious. That maybe the, you could call it a weakness, but you know what? A couple of twenty-one-year-old locks, they will go out and they will give it one hundred percent. No question. Question. And they're both physical. They're both. What I do like about both uh, uh, Tupavai and uh, and also Arkoi is it's just their work rate and their physicality. They will offer a lot of physicality through that middle row, and they're still strong. In the in the loose forwards as well, the likes of Jake, Jacobson and Co. Um, they will go, you know. Listen, they'll give it a hundred. Uh, I, I think they'll be better than where they were last year. Let's not forget it was it was uh, their very first game of the season. They kicked off with a uh, a one point loss to the uh, Highlanders, I think it was, 
in uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa 2020. And this year they kick up on kick off on Friday the 3rd of March. And ironically, they play the Highlanders again. So a real good yeah. opportunity to get off with them to a perfect start, Paul. Now, see, um, in, in the chat there, Vitalik is still in the top league. Um, Nocturnal Wright saying that he think he doesn't even take on his place to Brogue anymore. Look, um, Vitalik's taking the uh, sabbatical that he was allowed to take. Um, and, uh, yeah, he'll be back. Uh, in in time for the for the for the next season and the Rugby World Cup. Um, so the uh, so he'll be doing, no, he's got another two years of Super Rugby ahead of him. Um, the I mean just like Bowden Barrett, just like TJ Purinara, all these guys have um, are, are using their uh, sabbaticals that they're allowed to have. So yeah, look, the Chiefs. I, I think they'll do they'll they'll, they'll start off better, um, and we'll see much more of the Super Rugby, not the Super Rugby Aotearoa side from this Chiefs team. Um, just a few interesting question marks. I want to see Xavier Rowe um, get a chance. Obviously, we heard from him on the show last week um, with that interview. So, um, yeah, uh, good. Uh, so that's basically the um, Super Rugby squads. We should probably have a quick chat about the new laws then. So for Super Rugby Altaroa, um, two new laws, really, um, The on, on the whole um, goal, line, goal line dropouts. So when an attacking player carrying the ball is held up in in the in goal or knocks the ball on in the in goal, play restarts with a uh, goal line dropout. When a kick goes into the in goal area and is grounded or otherwise made dead by the defending team, play restarts with a goal line dropout, um, excluding where it would have gone to a 22 before. Uh, so essentially, the five meter scrum has been removed from the game, Stephen. Very much, very much so. So if you've loaded your squad with a whole lot of uh, a lot of props, you'll probably be feeling a bit uh, angst about it. In the case of of, of the Blues, um, yeah, really interesting. Like if you're you're running back to to feel feel the ball, where you have that option of just obviously touching it down, going for the the drop kick, or maybe maybe the opportunity to try and run it out from the goal line and and, and put it to, at least put it to touch and go to the next set piece. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one, but to me, once again, the, the advantage still, if you're held up over the line, the, the advantage in a way still still is handed to the uh, the attacking team. So that's probably a good thing. But boy, it's right out of the rugby league playbook, isn't it? It is. I mean, look, I mean, the, the, the kind of thing you're talking about, though, is we'll, we'll normally go back to a 22, uh, where you say, where you're running back and have the opportunity to, to think about what to do. Most of the time, when it's going to be a five-meter scrum, or what would have been a five-meter scrum, and therefore we're going to have the um, the dropout. Um, I think we're going to see that people don't have that option. So, so not tonight. No, I don't think this is a hanging the, the wings hanging back in defence option um, like the uh, 22 50-22 that we have in Super Rugby AU. I think it's around so much around that. This is just purely to speed the game up. Um, in fact, we don't. In fact, that you can just lose three or four minutes. Um, with reset scrums at five meters out. Um, Can you um, just 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 a, just a quick question? Could you, if if players have got to stand, do players have to stand ten meters? Defenders have to stand ten meters back, five meters back. So there's actually nothing from stopping you from taking a little drop kick. It would be heck of a dangerous no. little drop. It has to go five back. meters. The kick has to go five meters. The kick has to go five meters. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I see opportunities. I, I really, I really do. You can't, you can't have everybody standing on that on that five meter line. So it's really important. 
uh, I, I think one of the, the important things is going to be obviously the player who's taking the taking the drop kick. You, you'd certainly want the player with your biggest biggest drop kick. But if there's uh, an opportunity, if you're chasing the game, is there's definitely there's definitely an opportunity to to win the ball back because it's only five metres ball. It is. Yep. Uh, yeah, or, or, I mean, what what's um, uh, sort of onside kick in the kind of the old um, uh, um, NFL kind of uh, parlance. Um, so yes, we are. We, there's, I mean, when we're talking about a player welfare point of view, um, which we will get onto in it. We'll, well, maybe we'll, and, and we'll talk about it next week. But um, this idea of yes, basically your big players catching a goal line dropout and having a free 10 or 20 meter run up before crashing into somebody is not necessarily a good idea. So this one, this one actually perhaps uh, actually is making player welfare less safe rather than more safe um, by adding in this situation where it's probably, a, it's one of the few situations where a big ball carrier, where you can have multiple of them, your second rowers, occasionally you'll see a, a, a number eight hanging back to to do a kick return, but so uh, yeah, I think this could be um yeah this this could lead to some big big collisions. Well, more importantly, they've got plenty of time to wind up, haven't they, Paul? Mm. Really, and and they're gonna they're gonna commit commit the defenders, but you know all your 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 rugby basics come into play. Your cleaners are still gonna have to get to that guy quick enough because you know once again I think the chop tackle comes into play, chop player mm. over. You know you've got to, you've just as a defending team you've still got that opportunity. To turn the ball over, so yeah, I, I don't think it's one of the I don't think one of these situations we will just give it to the biggest guy and hope that he he ba- he basically breaks through and makes as much ground as he can. So yeah, I, I suppose it's an interesting innovation. But like you say, player welfare could be another. You know, if you, you've got a small player going in to make a hit on a on a big guy who's winding up, yeah, I'd, I'd hate to think of the consequences. Um. The uh, it just says that, the, that it has to be um, taken on or behind the defending team's goal line. So uh, Jordan Clark asking, does it have to be under the posts? Um, from from what I can read, no, I don't think it has to be under the posts. So um, yeah, there are going to be some interesting options there potentially uh, of teams. Um, the uh, 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 yeah, there, there are. As you say, let's see what innovations we can come up with. Um, my money is on um, Tony Brown's Highlanders coming up with having the most interesting ones because he tends to be that kind of coach. Just, just out of interest, Paul, I, I know one of the uh, pre-games was was televised. I think the uh, the Crusaders Highlanders game was 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 actually yeah. televised. Did they did they play under those rules? Um, yes, by the looks of the comments in the live chat, because I've not actually seen them. I didn't actually watch that game, but yes. Okay, be interesting to get some to actually get some feedback in terms of how that worked out. So yeah, um, and the other one is the captain's referral, which is going to be an interesting one. So let's see, there are three scenarios where we can do a referral. Uh, there's only one, one referral per game um, for an infringement before a try is scored at any time from the last restart in play. Um, previously, the TMO could only go back two phases. Um. The uh, foul play, a captain can refer a referee to an act of foul play he thinks has been missed by the match officials. Um, after the 75-minute mark, including any period of extra time, the captain can use his refer- referral to challenge any referee's decision, not just those leading to a try. So 
Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Um, but so uh, that foul play one. So already the referee, the two assistants and the TMO have missed it. Um, so the uh, captain's going to refer it to the TMO who says nothing's happened to review their own their own decision. <laughs> I can see it's going to be quite fun. Yeah, well, for, well, fortunately, there won't be too many of them because once you've had one, that's pretty much it, isn't it? Yes, uh, it is. It, we will have to see um, uh, to, um, see to see how this goes. Um, uh, if the captain's referral is correct, then they get to keep the referral to use again. So um, to encourage, you know, correct, um, yeah, to uh, to encourage correct referrals, not frivolous referrals, obviously. Yeah. Um, on that one, um, obviously, we will still have the extra, the, the the golden point, extra time, and all that kind of stuff that we had last season. Um, but some new ones there um, for Altera. Um Super Rugby AU uh, also have the 20, uh, 50, 22, 22, 50 kicking rule um, as well. Um, I guess gee, next next thing we'll be having players being put on report, Paul. Well, we could get to the yes, yeah. <laughs> That's what to do. Um, but yeah, look, uh, rugby union is distinct from rugby league for a couple of reasons. One, it flows rather than being a kind of reset game. Um, and also, uh, the set piece is a big differentiator between the two games. Uh, I'm not sure that bringing the two games together um, the uh, is, is necessarily a good thing. Yeah, Jordan Clark, he says, yeah, I don't like the last five minutes part. It could get messy and slow. True, but there are only two um, referrals, uh, unless they keep getting it right, in which case, you know what, the referee shouldn't be making that many mistakes, Is would be my opinion. Um, Simon Hughes, uh, he thinks it will, refer, it will um, undermine the referee. I think we've been undermining referee um, for a number of years now, unfortunately. Um, which is uh, which is a shame, and so hopefully um, we will um, we will not see that. Uh, hope, well, so yeah, hopefully this 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 will tie things up. But yeah, look, unfortunately, the re yeah, the referee has been undermined for a number of years now. Um, we've only really got ten minutes or so, Stephen, and a whole stack of soup of uh, Six Nations stuff. Um, but I guess the two biggest points really were a card and a no card. So we probably should talk about those. Um, just to keep people up to date, it's um, England beat Italy um, convincingly. Um, Scotland beat Wales um, and Wales, uh, sorry, Wales beat Scotland or a, uh, or a red card beat Scotland um, as Wales are now two, two wins and uh, from two red cards, uh, uh, only three more cards until Wales get the uh, Grand Slam. As, uh, as has gone round on Twitter. And then um, France beat Ireland in a close one um, as well. But, yeah, cards were the order of the day. We're, we're, we're kind of be, going to be discussed, weren't they? Um, the red card for Scotland, Stephen? Uh, personally, look, if you're going to be that late arriving in a ruck um, and charging in, you're asking for trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I say, I've, I've, I've actually got no issues... Uh, under, under the rules that there are at the moment, and like I said, I don't want to push this wheelbarrow They're too far. Yeah, it's 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 a red card every every day of the week, and players are, players have just got to learn. 
They don't. That, yeah. If if and this is something that Boa told us a couple of weeks ago that um, the referees have been told to look out for anyone who's arriving to rucks late, and they're going to be giving that particular um, uh, particular focus because it is so dangerous. You've got people in a stationary position um, being uh, charged at from distance um, and players generally, well, let's be honest, nobody binds on people unless they're trying to do a crocodile roll um, in a ruck. It's all just bashing other people out of the way nowadays. Um, this whole point of, of having to bind to people um, has long gone, folks. Um, so, yeah, if you're not there immediately at the ruck and you're arriving late, you have got to be extremely careful. <laughs> and anyone who isn't is going to get is going to get sent off. It's as simple um, as that. Um, the uh, so yeah, it should be a it should be a red card. It's dangerous, uh, and um, players are going to be getting uh, are going to get injured. So um, the to, to me. Um, look, players are going to have to learn. But yet, in that situation, we've just got to give up the ball because if we don't, I'm going to get yeah, I'm going to get red carded, sent off, and we're going to lose. Yeah, and listen, it shouldn't it shouldn't take away what was a really good game of, mm. of rugby as as well, Paul, with some really spanking spanking tries. You know, this uh, this newcomer um, for Wales, uh, Rhys Zemeth as well. Boy, looks like he's got something about it. I mean to say, his finish with the chip over the top and, and to beat Stuart Hogg to the touchdown. Just abs- absolutely superb. But I just thought uh, in terms of the much maligned uh, um, coach Wayne Pivak, who we, we thought might be out of a job even even this soon into the um, into into the uh, Six Nations. Actually, I thought there was a, a little bit of a, a masterstroke by uh, by making a, a, couple of, a couple of changes to the Welsh team, bringing, bringing Callum Sheedy on. Especially more of a running first five than uh, than than Dad Bigger. There didn't seem to be a lot happening at the at, at the back. He also brought on the uh, the halfback as well. Hardy he added something, and of course, Willis Halaholo. We know um, we also we obviously know him from from here in Auckland. Played for the Suburbs Club. Played for the Hurricanes. Um, Willis is a very very good stepper, and he does feed his outside backs really really well. And boy, some good tries and. Uh, I think this boy's uh, this boy uh, for Wales, uh, Risa Zemet. I think he's probably you could virtually put a ring around him for that that British Lions uh, uh, tour if that was to, to take Whoa. place. Yep. Whoa! Yep. No, no, I, re- I reckon you I reckon you put him in the team. Then he's got he's got something about him. I, I would I would say he gets. Yeah, I would say look, he's guaranteeing himself a Welsh jersey. Um, but to to say going on the British and Irish Lions tour this early, wow, that's that's a that's a big call. This is his um, his first first season. Okay, this is Steve's big call. Remember, two weeks ago on this same <laughs> show, I said Roger Tuivasa Sheik will be playing for the Blues, and I got the whoa whoa whoa. Here we go. <laughs> this boy is going to be in the British and Irish Lions, and uh, I've got to give it up for the uh, the South African born uh, winger as well, who's uh, who's just a big guy, and that's uh, Van der Merwe. Who's a, who's a favourite of uh, Boa? Who's hopefully watching the show, and I hope you hope you're well at getting better, Boa. If you are watching the show, and boy, he's a, he's also a boy who's putting his hand up, and of course in that Scottish team in a in a, in a losing performance, boy, uh, Stuart Hogg really showing his his class. Look, if if Scotland had said fifteen men, they'd have won that game. 
let, 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 let's it's, it's 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 that simple really um now jordan clark is saying they should they should um have the replacement after 20 minutes um, penalty time anything that reduces the penalty will just encourage more foul play um wales coming into this game had 21 injured players 21 folks that's nearly an entire match day squad of injured players this um the game is uh, is is so attritional at the moment. It, we've got to re- we've got to reduce the physicality somehow, while still keeping it in the game. But yeah, at the moment, too many players are getting injured. Uh, the, the the damage to players is just way way too high um, from this. Uh, and so I know I'm not I'm 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 I'm, I'm anti anything that reduces the penalty on on. Um, on players, we've got to try and discourage foul play as much as possible. The big problem is consistency of refereeing. At the end of the day, we need, that's one thing that needs to be, needs to be sorted out. Yeah, that's pretty much said like a 75 kg kg hooker who put the number two jersey on back in the day. The, <laughs> well, no, look, I mean, absolutely. Look, we've, we've, I, I was listening, listening to the Attacking Scrum podcast. And look, yeah, basically, in the last 25 years, players have gone from training twice a week. Tuesday or Thursday to training seven days a week to play, um, and the body shape and the the, the 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 amount of power those players have has just ballooned with that. But we haven't changed really the laws of the game in that time. We've still allowed players, um, whilst players are doing amazing things like jackling that they didn't that didn't happen during the the amateur era, putting themselves in. Let's be honest absolutely dangerous positions um the uh um so yeah george smith is probably possibly the first guy who we can blame for starting that trend um and um, yeah it's uh, yeah uh, so anyway some good points they made there on that one so yeah i recommend listening to the attacking scrum folks uh the the welsh podcast there uh which i enjoyed the other card um uh, not so. Yeah, most most injuries aren't from um, foul play. Perhaps not, but we do need to. Uh, I say we need to change the. Uh, uh, now, we 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 need to somehow fix the game so that we aren't causing quite so many injuries. Now, quite how we do that, I think that's an entire show um, in and of itself, folks. Um, for that one, but the the other one we need to we need to talk about is is Owen Farrell's um, late no arms tackle. Um, on the scrum half in the England-Italy game. Um, I know Boa in the chat was like, kind of like, that should be the card. It's, this is inconsistency. I saw it and thought there wasn't really that much in that, to be honest with you. Yes, he hit him, but he, he guess he pushed him over. But to my mind, um, it wasn't particularly late uh, and he didn't hit him high. Players run into each other joining game. Yes, a little, clumsy, a little clumsy, maybe Paul. Maybe a little clumsy. Maybe, maybe, maybe he, yeah, he probably could have pulled out of it. Um, but um, the, uh, but, but I think um, as as Nocturne right said, did Owen do another one? I think a lot of this was the fact that Owen Farrell has a reputation, um, and so there is an awful lot of player, an awful lot of people out there who will follow his every move, looking for something to try and put up a, a, a clip on, on YouTube, on, on Twitter, because, hey, they know they're going to get a reaction for it. Um, so I think, I think this was this was more his reputation. Now, 
was he a gobby shite and did he lose the plot? Yes, he did in that game. Um, and his, and the way he was talking to the referee was wrong. The referee should, should have told him to shut up or go off the pitch, put bluntly. So, look, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, this is not someone who's a um, Owen Farrell apologiser or whatever. Um, I just don't think there's that much in this particular one. Yes. Might also be a case that he, also the case that he's a skipper as well. Paul, so maybe the referee's just giving him a little bit of, a little bit more leniency that he he would normally good, like I'd say, if it was one of the other other players in the team. He, um, the referee is probably more likely to have a real real crack at that particular player, knowing that Owen is, is the captain, maybe. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, uh, I mean, a bit like TJ Perinara um, got some, um, uh, we we saw him go too far talking to the umpire, uh, to talking to the referees when he was captain of the Hurricanes. Uh, Owen Farrell was doing the same sort of thing. The referee has already told you that the situation of something to keep going on at the referee on the way back to halfway for the next kickoff. No, shut. You, 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 all you're going to be doing at that point is upsetting the referee, right? You're not gaining yourself anything talking about them. Um, so yes. I understand convention allows the captain to talk to the referees. It's not law within the laws. No one is allowed to talk to referee, but convention allows the captain to, which is fine. Um, but the captains have to know where that, where that boundary is. And that boundary is asking for, for an explanation. And then if you get it, shutting up or pointing things out saying, Hey ref, can you please look at this in future? That's fine. But going on after the referee's already told you his decision, not a good move in my opinion. And I suppose, Paul, we should just quickly, while we, we, we've got a little bit of time, I know we're probably making up for the time we were off here, should just touch on that uh, that final game between Ireland and, and France. It deserved win to France at, at the end of the day, even though Ireland had a bit of ball, but really didn't look anywhere near as dangerous as as the French did. Um, the, uh, yeah, again, um, this is the first time that Ireland have played without Murray or Sexton since 2011. Which is kind of amazing. Um, so it's been, uh, yeah, we're talking about a decade where you had know, either had uh, Murray or Sexton playing. It's the, a decade since they've the situation. So, um, so look again, injuries playing its part there for Ireland. Um, yeah, I, I must. Have, I've only seen the extended highlights this one. I haven't actually seen the full game this one. But as you say, um, the uh, yeah France, um, yeah more clinical, showing why they've come into this as joint. Came into the Six Nations as joint favourites, uh, and why they're now favourites to win the whole thing. To be honest, yep. And a good acquisition, Sean Edwards, uh, to their defensive defensive setup as as well. So you kind of maybe wondering why uh, Wales let him go. Hey, interesting comment uh, uh, just come up from uh, Rich Feeman. Good to have you on board, uh, listening into the show, Rich. Just <laughs> saying that it'll be it'll be interesting to see if uh, TJ will be talking the Japanese rest while at the NTT. Uh, the combo that'll be very, it certainly will be interesting. Yeah, that'll be. <laughs> um, folks, if you don't already give Rich Freeman a follow, do give him a follow. Um, on Twitter, uh, he's um, as, as well, the, he's the best, he's the best English um, speaking rugby, uh, rugby journalist about Japanese rugby. Well, for, I'll rephrase that apart from the, yourself, Paul, apart from yourself, they're the best journalist covering Japanese rugby. Um, and the fact that he does it in English helps me because I can actually read it, which is good. Um, so yeah, so give Rich a um. Uh, a, a follow definitely. Um, the one of the th uh, points in here is um, yeah, Johnny May's try. Now, 
Johnny May's rugby league style try, people losing their, yes, this rugby league wing has been doing this for a while. Now, look, great skills from him being able to dive, get himself in the air so he can't get knocked into touch and get the ball down. Brilliant. I um, made the good point, though. If you're hurdling, you can't hurdle a, uh, a tackle. So technically, this should be a penalty against England. Um, convention at the moment would say that would not ha- that would not happen. If you try doing that kind of play in the middle of the field away from the try line, it's a penalty against you. But on the try line, it's allowed currently. Whether it should or shouldn't be um, is up for debate. But yes, um, uh, it's uh, it, it is it is currently allowed. Um, in that one and we'll see how that uh, uh, we'll see if there's any changes made but because it's spectacular because it uh, um, creates views um, my guess is that it will be allowed going forwards um, on that one um, DuPont um, struggling with the basics I don't know I think Aaron Smith said that DuPont is the uh, best scrum half in the world and that he's learning from him um, so um uh, I say I only saw highlights, uh, extended highlights of the Ireland France game. I didn't see all of the game, um, but um, yeah, uh, Dupont is is probably the best player in the world at the moment. Uh, so yeah, maybe he wasn't entirely one hundred percent on form, but I think we, we can let him off for one game. Paul, we have got a couple of good games to look forward to in the, uh, round round three. Uh, there was a question asked before: Do Wales play England at home? Yes, they do. That's on the. Uh, that game is uh, coming up on the Fe- Sunday, the twenty-eighth uh, of uh, February, and of so, course uh, the, the the first game of the round is uh, Italy at home to Ireland, and of course another beauty will be France versus uh, Scotland at um, Stade de France in Paris. Yeah, so this weekend is a weekend off, folks. Well, the Six Nations are back the following week with those games. Um, obviously, our our focus this weekend will be on Super Rugby AU on Wednesday, on Friday night, with those two games there. Um, Jordan Clark saying, Ireland not gelling as a team um, or uh, not giving youngsters more, younger talent more, more opportunities. <sighs> yes. Um, to me, Ireland uh, just refuse to move forward into the next generation. Uh, and they keep players around for too long. Johnny Sexton, is he going to be playing? come the next Rugby World Cup, uh, to me, unlikely, particularly with his injury issue, injury history and age, they really have had to, they really need to be given someone else some more opportunities. Um, but um, listening to some Irish podcasts, they're like, um, look, he's still the man. He's still the best. He is. But, um, and as soon as you make him captain, which is what, um, uh, which is what Farrell has done, you're then basically handcuffing yourself, you have to play him whenever he's fit. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Ireland, uh, I'm, unfortunately, I'm yeah concerned about going into the Rugby World Cup uh, World Cup cycle when I should be excited about them being a team that's still growing off the back of those two All Blacks, two, two, two defeats the All Blacks during the last Rugby World Cup cycle. Yeah, wasn't the uh, New Zealand-born Joey Carberry the next uh, era apparent uh, at least a couple of seasons ago, especially when he was on Ireland were under Smith's uh, Joe Schmidt's watch. Uh, he he looked he looks Joey Carberry looks more of a, a, a running first five and, and to me Ireland looked like a team that are trying to find a style 
at the moment Paul and they haven't quite found that style and you, and you, and you hit it right on the head I don't know if Johnny Sexton is the guy to unlock that style because man they, they have got some really really good outside backs a couple you know there's a couple that's not featured I think there's uh, Jacob Stockdale is he injured at, at, at the moment uh, Paul we've also got the uh, Oh God, they've got an exciting fullback that escapes me as yeah, well. Who, who Jordan Lama, um, Jordan Bumble, yeah, uh, uh, Jacob Stockdale. I mean, um, are both out of the squad at the moment. Also, um, uh, yeah, all, very, very good, um, very good players um, uh, in there. So yeah, look, they've they've they've, they've got the playing talent. They 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 ha- they just have some problems around ten and nine and ten at the currently. Um, trying to figure out who that is. The rest of the, the rest of the team is. Has got depth and is 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 in a good place if they can play the right game plan. Um, Aaron Smith uh, calls to put the best player around now. Yes, he did. Um, it was uh, yeah uh, on on Twitter. So great that that was nice to see. Um, some other bits of news. Um, South Africa announced a plan B if the Rainbow Cup doesn't happen. <laughs> Let's be honest with the way that we've got lockdowns in uh, the the UK and how the two most virulent strains have come out of the UK and South Africa recently, uh, how they can hold the Rainbow Cup. It just can't happen. I can't see how it can happen. Um, so they will have the, the um, tournament called the Franchise Cup um, between the South African teams. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, with the Eastern Province Elephants joining in that. So it will be interesting that uh, as some form of, form of warm-up ahead of the um, British and Irish Lions tour that we're still hoping may happen in some kind of form, sometime, somehow, somewhere. Uh, <laughs> um, Stephen, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure, absolutely, again. Tomorrow night sees the return of the standoff show. We have two specials ahead of the season uh, for the NRL. Uh, so if you're into your NRL, join us at 8pm tomorrow night where um, we'll be reviewing or, or summing up all the off, um, all, all the per- sort of out of season, off season action, or news. Obviously, there's been no, there's no, there's no action in the off season. Is there? That's the whole point of an off season. You take a rest. Um, so all the off season news, we'll give a roundup of all that this week. Um, so do join us for that Thursday evening, eight pm. We'll look at previewing the two Super Rugby um, AU games um, ahead of those games on Friday night, um, and obviously join us on Sunday, eight pm, to review those uh, the, those two games. Um, that uh, preview and review show, look, should be going for the next sort of 10 or so weeks, um, depending on what happens with Super Rugby Trans-Tasman. Um, and uh, let's all, hope you're all having a um, fantastic time, folks, um, in the, uh, especially if you're in Auckland under lockdown three, um, please look after yourself, stay safe. Um, and uh, Stephen, thank you so much for being with me. Yeah, not a problem at all, Paul. Just want to voice your last comments about staying safe. No matter where you are around the country, we've back here in Auckland, we've gone back to lock, lockdown, uh, lockdown three. So uh, wherever you're viewing the show, yeah, stay safe. We'll see you next week. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.